carry on. I'm so tired. Do you think it's all that effort we just put into getting ready for this episode? Oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a lot of work to get into this lingerie. I used all mine to hoist my uh, my girls up and at them. Tune into our Instagram at you down to ride if you'd like to see our outfits to represent our iconic trailblazer. I honestly am in lingerie because you know what? This Valentine's Day. It's not gonna be used or needed. Speak for yourself. And that's by choice. The choices that I like. Yo, Soleil, honestly, it's about to be Valentine's Day this week, and there's a big question on the table. Are I you will be your Valentine. Oh. Okay, I like didn't want to ask, but fuck. I'm so single. Um, <laughs> I wear my heart on my sleeve. I am so down to ride. Let's I'm down to ride. fucking go. And I'm also down to be your Valentine. Because quite honestly, you're the only person that asked. So. <laughs> you didn't even ask. I, I like you didn't even ask. So <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's get into this one. It's getting hot and heavy. So. For the, actually, wait, for the for those riders that don't have Valentine's, neither do we. So we'll be yours and you'll be ours. We love you. Let's do this. You know what, though? I'm going to be honest. I get why people have their tits out. And I... I feel very like, I just feel confident and I feel like a force and I get why people flaunt their titties. And I think I, I honestly think that I want to start wearing bras more. Really? I kind of do, dude. I feel like this sexy. thing off. Huh? Ugh, I want to rip this thing off. I'm so uncomfortable. Dude, obviously you're uncomfortable. That's the point of beauty. We know we're uncomfortable. Obviously I'm in a wired corset right now, but I feel fucking phenomenal. I feel hot. I'm in like six inches of Victoria's Secret's finest. Um, yeah, your titties look really immaculate. Thank you. So, and you're kind of being camera shy this. with them. I'm going to be honest, you're being kind of camera shy with them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, what, you were just like, this episode's about angles. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's about finding true angles. Damn. Is this better for you? Yeah, I'm distracted though. I get why guys can't talk. I'm like, what are we talking about now? What's this podcast about? This podcast. Is We're podcasting. Oh, trailblazers! I love the fact that I'm in like house slippers and leggings, trying to be like, I dressed up for work today. Same. <laughs> I- I'm dead ass in my dad's champion sweatpants and lingerie up top. Ooh, you're like a mullet. Party on the top, business on the bottom. <laughs> Damn, girl. Um, I thought you were just referring to my new haircut as a mullet and I was like wow things that you never want to hear what's funny or- is I actually have a mullet cut right now because mine's kind of in a shag we're in like a baby shag style you can't tell right now I had to pin it back to show off the girls but um you really did and you know what it's about showing off the girls today and I'm for it you're for the girls I'm for the riders yeah. we want all the riders to dump them out today in honor really? of this episode in Dump honor of Valentine's out. Day. This is airing on Valentine's Day, right? What is, is Valentine's Day? Is Valentine's Day on? What day is the 14th this week? Hold on. Um, oh, shit. No. Okay. Valentine's Day is Sunday. So ooh, this is your be Valentine's Day, Day message to uh, dump them out. Guys, girls, anywhere in between and all around, dump them out. Dump them out. Dump them. Like, honestly, take a day where you just push your titties up and, and you just feel fucking good about it. Because you know what? I'm sick of hiding mine. Wearing baggy t-shirts all the time. 
hiding my girls. No, let them out. This is a great angle. I'm not going to lie. You look, like, your tits look phenomenal. Dude. She's bringing it today. Um, your titties are quite definitely bringing the this heat. This window, it's like doing me a fla- flavor. It's doing me a flavor. I can't even talk. I'm so distracted by my own boobs right now. <laughs> <laughs> my boobs look so good. I'm tripping myself up. <laughs> Honestly, this is wild. I'm like about this piece of lingerie. Um, I, when I first, when I was dating my last boyfriend, um, oh no are you wearing like are you wearing lingerie with a history to this because my mom bought no, me this dress this is steamy. pure <laughs> this is pure content right here two types this of girls heartfelt and innocent yeah two types of girls for yeah, sure your shirt is innocent and i'm like honestly look like i'm a prostitute so like, here's the thing so- though my mom actually bought me a dress this is a dress but i had to tie it up <laughs> speaking of being tied up just kidding but this piece of lingerie with my ex-boyfriend I remember I like brought it out I wanted to like be sexy one of these nights and I was just like yeah and I was telling him that I've had this for a long time and I haven't worn it no I didn't say I haven't worn it I said I have I've had this for like over a year now and he pushes me off of him and I looked at him and I was like why did you just do that and he's like well I've known you've been with other guys in the past year so you're trying to tell me that you've worn you've worn this with other men and now you're trying to be sexy with it and I was like and I was like what the fuck clearly I was trying to put this on to make this moment special and you're trying I just was saying I haven't used it in a year and I was like no every guy I've been talking to besides you I haven't even wouldn't even care enough to put anything like do all that the fact that I did that was trying to be sexy and then it was I was pushed off of him in like disgust and I was like yeah (laughs) you dirty you dirty Dirty, broad dirty broad (laughs) yeah you've worn this piece of lingerie another time and I was just like you know what like that's why tell me your vagina is uncouth as well yeah (laughs) that's exactly what he said direct quote so get your uncouth fudge away from me. <laughs> Whatever. Heathen. But you know what? That's why I'm bringing it Amateurs. Out. That's why you that's guys are, that's why he's an ex. <laughs> exactly. Does he listen to this? Probably not. I can't imagine so. Only, only new flames are listening to my podcast. I know you're hey really guys. trying to smash. You know, we're, we're, we're girls on a budget. Like we haven't, we haven't made it big yet. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We do have brands approaching us. I, I don't know how. Oh, we do a lot. Whoa, we're blowing up. Let's slow it down, brand ambassadors. So we see <laughs> it's actually kind of cool. Not going to lie. It, it's an ego stroke. Like it's, it's a little like little yeah. rubs. Dude, remember I texted you this weekend. Big, big news in our world. Oh, I yeah hell yeah are you yes, talking about Apple? We, uh, she said it the magic words and in this we're time we're not music. referencing marijuana we're talking about the platform itself which this yeah. episode may get us kicked off of it we're not sure but we're willing to risk it we're willing, we're willing to, risk to risk it for it, the biscuit. We are on Apple now and they're very picky they don't put everybody on their podcast so you know what guys we made it all of us writers we get to slip ourselves into Apple Music which is pretty fucking big. This is you know, actually our, our final episode. This is our announcement. Like. <laughs> cash in early you know yeah cash in early actually we're selling stock right now for you down to ride and if you're not in it this is like tesla this is tesla and if you're not invested into you down to ride stock right now what are you doing yeah what are you doing honestly sleep on elon musk baby i love that we're on the same playing field as tesla yeah i i recently read an article in forbes that said we're the next best thing so you read that because i read that (laughs) because i wrote that (laughs) 
<laughs> I made that dream a reality. You ever heard of manifestation? The circle. Dude, it's, it's been a long ass week. At this time last week, I thought I was homeless. <laughs> True that. A lot of things happen though. See, honestly, you thought your world was dying last week when we were recording and literally less than a week later, when you're a good person, look what happens. You already signed a new lease. You already have a place to move into. That's what good things happen to good people. Yeah. Okay. Forget working though, like a nine to five. This is straight up more like working at 24 seven because the grind doesn't stop, but I've had some great people helping out with it. So it's a team effort and I'm really excited. Well, speaking of nine to five, honestly, I think that that could get us into our trailblazer of the week, baby, because we're talking somebody that is larger than life, quite literally. Um, And that's why we got our titties out today. And that's why we're looking pretty fire for this podcast, because we're talking, can you lay it down on us? So lay who we talking today? We are talking the one, the only Miss Dolly Parton herself, all five feet, big titty, big hair, Tennessee having self. We are talking the living legend, Dolly Parton. Straight up five foot with tits that are a 40 triple d let's go <laughs> dump them out Let, dump them out like honestly show us what you got oh she does she's not hiding anything she's not hiding anything she is the embodiment of knowing your worth she is the embodiment of yeah larger than life that's very evident there's nothing about her that doesn't scream look at me. Like I am demanding your attention with not only my energy, but with my appearance. She is not scared of the fame. You know, that's kind of the difference she, between, yeah, she runs. Yeah, towards. She, she runs towards it. She rides. That's <laughs> what riders do. Yeah. She is a rider. She loves the fame. Yeah. She goes out of her way to spend more time with meeting fans than anybody because she just loves the energy and loves the fame but not in like a cloudy weird way she just it's genuine she does it for the people it's genuine yeah it's from her heart like Like, you know you were saying that she's the embodiment of all sorts of things she's the embodiment of love if you want a warm hug through the ear listen to listen to some dolly parton oh love that you said that truthfully and let's be let's be real here i am not a big uh country country music girl i'm gonna be honest like I just think that it's kind of trash in my opinion. Like we get it, you get your jeans painted on tight and you want to wash your worries away with some bourbon in your rusty truck in a field next to some hay. Tell me how you really feel. That's how I, that's how I feel about country music. Um, oh, really? <laughs> and I, I just picture like incest, but besides the fact. Wow. Um, so, yeah. okay. Well, you know, we, we love to counter each other. I, uh, I grew up in a town that listened to a lot of country music and I used to have like pretty similar mindsets and then it was kind of like the thing to do growing up to go to like the local outdoor venue amphitheater kind of thing yeah and like country concerts yeah so it just became like a part of childhood and a memory-based thing so there's a lot of like sentimental songs I don't Mm -hmm. go out and seek it necessarily but there's a time and a place in my book for some quality country 
I, I actually get that once I went up to college in Maine, like rural bumfuck Maine, everyone was slamming country music. And then Love kind it. of in the summertime when we're like by the fire and it's a, it's lake, a vibe, it's like, a vibe that's very simple. And I like kind of love that Tennessee, like Southern roots of just simple, like, you know, we're just hanging out with our friends, drinking whiskey, washing my worries away with a pretty girl with my jeans painted on top, baby. Let's drink some whiskey and wash our worries away. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, like, that's a new hit single. Like, that could be a hit single. And that's, to me, what, like, about country, I'm like, uh, are you that smart? But, like, getting into the being smart, Dolly Parton's lyrics are different. You know, she's that bluegrass vibe that I can fuck with Dolly Parton's lyrics because she's so smart. And she writes all of her lyrics herself. So there's a difference, in my opinion, well, um, for, for me, it's, you know, it, it takes me back to a time and a place. So it's storytelling. That's why we're talking about her today. She has lived a beautiful icon. story, continues to live a beautiful story. And that's what her cool. music shows. Like we were talking, her her skill is communication and it, her words are power. She actually is pretty private about her personal life and things like that. But she Very shares true. so much of who she is and who her soul, you know, is through her music. So I think that's really why we're drawn to Dolly Parton. That's why she is our trailblazer. That's why she fits our theme. You know, she's, she's someone who has always wanted to be famous and she has made that fame a reality for herself, but she is like, use that fame for good. Like Dolly yeah. Parton is like for the people of the people for does the people. her best to give back. Um, she, you know, she is, we'll, we'll throw her one controversy that we could find out there are And that is just that she's too middle of the road. She won't give people an opinion on things that she doesn't view as worthy of having her voice influence. So that's something that's really, really powerful. She understands her privilege and her power and Mm -hmm. her voice and her platform. And she doesn't use it to manipulate views or draw people in or play some sort of game. She's genuine. She accepts everyone. Exactly. Even if you're like a genuinely far right conservative with your MAGA flag, she's going to say nothing truthfully and write about the song. She also accept you no matter on the other side of far leftist things. She is super here and speaking out for gay rights and things like this, but through her music, she's not out there leading a rally. She's out there doing it with her words because she doesn't want to make anybody not love her and bring them together, especially in a place like Tennessee that's really polarizing, to be honest. And she loves her roots of being from Tennessee. So let's bring it back to when she was a kid um, and and why she is the way that she is. Um, As a kid, she was really, really poor, Um, grew up just the third, I want to say she was the fourth. She was a fourth of 12 children. So there was a bunch of kids in a house. Uh, Her mom had roots in music. Her mom played guitar and she sang. She sang in church with her siblings and some of her friends. Um, Very, very underprivileged neighborhood. Um, Education was not valued in any way, shape or form. Um, And embracing your skills and talents and knowing that there's a world out there for you to be a superstar, that that is not at all what she felt. Let's paint a picture too. Like, so Dolly Parton. Yeah. So her, her father like genuinely couldn't even read, like he genuinely couldn't read. And a lot of people in her town couldn't read because education was not valued and they didn't have any money. Um, But there was this weird feeling Dolly had as a kid growing up at 10 years old, she started performing 
she started performing at um, her local news stations and was like performing live on TV, nothing crazy big or anything, but she was, she knew she could get herself out there. And this is the thing about her. That's crazy. At 10 years old, she knew she could be a star. Like there was nothing in her mind that was like, I'm not going to be. I mean, that confidence in yourself at such a young age. I feel like everyone, well, you know, I feel like at that age, I did have that confidence, but that you was very quickly grown. Yeah, that that was blown out. Yeah, yeah no, I, that I didn't it. stay with me. Like she maintained me. that same energy, like her whole life. Me, I was like, ah, oh, 12 years old. Oh, shit's hard. I don't want to be inspired anymore. Yeah. I'm out. See you at 24. The thing is, I thought I was going to play in the WNBA. Like I thought I was going to be in the WNBA and like I had that like fire because I was like young and like not sure, but I still, I mean, I was out there playing hoop every day. Don't get me wrong, but this is the thing. Dolly was literally out there. Like there's videos of her, like as a little girl, just like slamming on her guitar singing and she has so much confidence. And like, there's no doubt that this girl is going to make it three years later though, after when she was 10 years old performing on TV, she was performing at the Grand Old Opry, which is like, huge you know yeah, and that was something that she set her mind deal. to biggest deal you know in Tennessee that is one of the biggest attractions in Tennessee the Grand Old Opry I mean still to this day it's one of the most trafficked places and like to perform there it's pretty crazy but um she set her mind to it turn your mic towards you like mine is yeah it doesn't go it doesn't do that like tilt just the mouthpiece. Yeah, I can see why it would be better. It's like I'm actually talking directly into the microphone for the first time in seven episodes. <laughs> it's like me talking to you right here versus Grace, Grace. Shut up. It sounds that different. Yes. Welcome to the big leagues, little mama. <laughs> I just like have my microphone in my ass and I'm like, why isn't it working, dude? Oh my God. Paging Dr. <laughs> fucking idiot. this episode it's me i'm calling grace on being a fucking idiot jeez tell me something i don't know your words don't hurt me okay well they should this should matter (laughs) god damn sorry dolly honestly didn't mean to do that to you and sorry so late i guess fair all right let's talk dolly babbity okay uh let's get back into dolly parin okay who i do not believe is italian but just appalachian it's okay (laughs) appalachian she's Tennessean they're their own breed there Appaloosa (laughs) the horse she's she's literally a mountain person which people in the mountains of Tennessee are their own breed of a person Um, what's that one movie about the mountain people it starts with an r the re no I don't know there's some movie and they have really similar names or at least in my head they do and one of them has to do with like Nazi Germany or something and the other one has to do with like inbred mountain people. Um, Those are such a juxtaposition of movies. I know. Dude. So one um, of them I was watching in AP history, the Nazi one. The other one I have never watched in my life. Well, I went home and I told my mom in AP history, I was watching the one about the incestual mountain people. She was really confused for a little bit. I was too. Did you need I was to like, sign I know a letter off Jewish. on that movie? You would think, but I was 18 in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't watch that in my AP history course because they we didn't play that movie, Testual Mountain People. But that's a lot of what Dolly Parton was growing up with, quite, quite honestly, is a lot of incestual mountain. Okay, I'm not going to force the incest. I don't know that, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm sure there's a little bit of fucking your cousin. Um, I'm sorry. When I picture that area, I just picture a lot of, you know, a lack of teeth. Um, a lack of a lot of things, um, a lot of lack of resources, which is actually 
why Dolly did what she has done with her life, which is really, really cool to see where she pictured herself growing out of that community, which a lot of people truthfully are not fortunate to be able to picture themselves on a serious note, on a serious note, not being, you know, in poverty in Tennessee, stuck in the mountain forever. And she was like, no, I need to do this for my people. And she quite literally has done this for her community and for her people. Um, And she has just literally revolutionized and changed the area of where she's from. Like, it's like Dolly world, quite literally. You know what I mean? We'll get into that later. But um, what an amazing woman just giving back the way that she does. Those are um, poverty and her roots essentially and her you know her upbringing are what she credits to a lot of her music and a lot of her story mm-hmm. and it's shaped a lot it's it shaped everything she's done like you said you know Dolly Parton is known for giving back she is known for love she is known for being a good soul and she tells the truth and she shares the ugliness and there was a lot of ugliness and you know illiteracy is something awful and something like knowledge is power and education is power and when that's written and when you can't participate in that like I I couldn't I I truly cannot imagine let's just get into her life like let's just dive into Dolly Parton's life right here um my dream was to make as many people happy as I could in this life like that's a quote that she lives and dies by um but of everything Dolly has achieved she remains humble and grounded in faith and from for, for her family um from her coat of many colors, amazing song, to her wigs of many styles, no dream was ever too big and no mountain ever too high for the little country girl who has turned the world into her stage. From singing barefoot on the front porch of her Tennessee mountain home to commanding the stage in six inch heels, Dolly Parton is a larger than life living legend with a heart as big as her dreams. Yeah. Like that, that full blown exemplifies everything we're saying and more. It's, it's hard to just continually rave about someone who like is such a good person. So how do you become such a good person? How do you get this, you know, all these people to love you? You have to work up through that. So let's talk her early life. Like she, you know, we've said she was born in Tennessee. She was born in the Smoky Mountains she didn't have a lot of opportunities, but she did have a family that supported her and a mother that loved music just like she did. So that's a huge influence. Later on though, 1967, that's when her career really starts to take off. How did that start to happen? She partnered with some TV show, right? Mm-hmm. The Porter Wagner show. I've never heard of that. It was like a big, it was more of a country type of show. I don't, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the things that I'm not a, a country person, you know, me and we don't have those roots of those things, but like people in the South, they all know this show. Um, it's kind of like the late show or things that we watch now. Like it was, it's oh, like, okay. you know what I mean? But that's what it so was. What, at the time. Like what made her so appealing back then before this fame, like what blew her up? Um, it was her confidence, like a lot of people say it was her confidence and also the ability that she can write a song so quickly and all of her songs are hers. So people at the beginning were trying to give her songs and she could have gotten pushed off into Hollywood a lot sooner than she did, but Mm. she was very authentic to making her own music and, and having her own sound and walking to her own beat. Um, and her, her selling that side of herself is what really pushed her and what really sold her which is super cool that it's like she steps on the stage and she's a force she's a present and her voice is just so pure and it's just like honey you know what I mean and and the message behind what she's saying is so wholesome that she just started generating a fan base that still fuck with her today and that's what's really cool is she just 
has been able to rally and throw all these people. It's her Southern charm. I think that that's a big loss that she carries is that Southern charm that she has. I totally agree. Like reading articles about when she went on the show, just to dial it back a second, it's it's her whole persona. She's a shapely woman. She has, you know, but she's tiny. Like she's just this bombshell at like five feet tall, this big hair, this like sweet voice that draws you in. And then to have just this amazing, warm, personality and then on top of that you add like a business sense like you said she retained all the rights and the catalogs to all of her songs so mm-hmm. down the line this has made her millions of dollars really? like she's the wealthiest trailblazer we've ever done she, this girl is racking her her net worth is fucked up <laughs> like nine to five billion just kidding not that much Literally. but like <laughs> 800 800 mil dude shut i want to say is her net, net worth dude she has her own theme park that's talk about you've made it you know what i mean like and we'll talk more about the theme park but there's some really cool aspects about the theme park that on a like a mac or on a macro scale you don't realize um that are really incredible but stick around for that later yeah stick around um but honestly of her authenticity as we're talking about but she also can her, her songwriting ability is what really sold her. So therefore she made a lot of money in royalties for songs. So there's some, sometimes the song wasn't the best fit for her, but we know huge smash hits that she's created that all are covered. Lay one on me. And I- uh, <laughs> oh, they might turn us off. Remember, we're trying to stay on Apple, not get kicked off. Dude, I literally think I just broke my mic. That actually like pierced through my ear. You wonder why you've had a ringing in your ears for two weeks. Maybe you stopped singing on the podcast. I know. I need to probably stop doing that. But these are the things that she, we were talking about, um, we were talking about her singing. What's the name of that song? What's the name of that song? And I will always love you. No, no. Always love you. No, that's not it. What's the name of that song? Can you look it up? Is it always love you? I don't feel like it is. I will always love you. Oh, Damn. Well, crazy. The name of that song that I couldn't remember was I Will Always Love You. <laughs> Which I said. I didn't know that she wrote that song though until until this year. And I didn't know that she wrote a lot of the songs that she has written that I listened to. And I didn't give her music as much of a of credit as I should have up until kind of recently, truthfully, because I bypassed her based on her appearance, dude, which is kind of fucked up of me. I kind of thought she was a fake bimbo and I'm not gonna lie like I struggle I know so I kind of struggle with girls that look really fake and I just don't I my brain just has a hard time respecting them like the Kardashians let's let's um like let's let's define fake like enhanced like very true so I'm talking I'm talking fake lips lots of plastic surgery your tits are massive you know she wears those waist compressors her nails are so long she wears wigs that I'm like oh how could this this girl be real but once you know her she's just doing it to be that larger than life person persona that she is that I've later figured out but at first I didn't even know all of these songs that she has written I didn't know much about the serious side of her her philanthropy Truthfully, I didn't give her much credit as a feminist, which is really shitty. I didn't give her as much of the credit that she deserves because of how she looks, dude. And that's so fucked up of me. Yeah. And, and I think like, so many people have done that to her. Well, I mean, I can kind of identify with that because mm-hmm. there is a reason I don't typically present my full body kind of thing. 
I am a little conservative with how I dress or I'll add kind of hyper-masculine aspects or hyper what society has deemed as hyper-masculine aspects to my wardrobe, baggier jeans, layering um, to me because that's safe because I don't like the reactions that I get when I'm a little more out there, when I'm a little more exposed, when I'm showing more skin. I, I, I personally, it makes my, it makes me so uncomfortable. Cause then like, you have I, to absorb dick energy all day long. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's absorbing everyone's energy. It can yeah. be, it doesn't matter if it's a guy, girl, whatever. It could be True a girl that, my age that gives me a second glance or rolls her eyes. It could be someone's boyfriend. It could be someone's father. It could be, it could literally be anyone. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, when you do present yourself like that, yes, you are out in society. So you are, that's, that's your appearance. You should be expected to be looked at. I think, I don't know if that's the wrong way to say it. Like I'm trying no, to word not, this it's out. It's not the wrong. It's, it's called being but like, at the honestly, same time, it, like at the same time though, it's like, you can't objectify me like that. Like you can, I don't mind if you look at me, but like almost like do it respectfully. Is, is that weird to say? But no, no, you're not saying that wrong, but at the same point in time, people aren't going to be respectful and we do know that. So therefore I do the same thing as you. I don't wear skin tight pants all the time. I don't like to be in crop tops all the time. I literally dress differently when I go grocery shopping because it's like, I'm just trying to go grocery shopping and not be stared at. You know, it's funny. I actually dress up more for grocery shopping because I feel like I'm uh, like better hunting. Wow. Um, Are you just doing that because it's like 2021 vibes or are you just Mm. doing that all the time? Because I get dressed up sometimes to go random places now too, but I wouldn't have done that before. It might just be 2021 vibes. Yeah, so I think that's actually just loneliness. But um, okay. That's anyways, a different, different topic, but that's okay. Back, back to Dolly. Yeah, like back to Dolly Parton. Um, yeah, definitely a woman that she doesn't give a shit. She loves the fact that she has big boobs and big hair and big nails, and she literally spends thousands of dollars to get her outfits encrusted in crystals and diamonds and sparkles because she wants you to look. And I love that and I guess that was a stigma that I put on her until I watched a document documentary about her um that was Jane Fonda actually and Lily Tomlin that were in the big movie production nine to five with her that we'll get into explaining that production that really helped her take off in her um acting life while she was really taking off in her music industry at the same time but um Jane Fonda is like was a force but a very serious actress at the time but she admired Dolly Parton and she extreme like looked up to her as an icon which she is but I actually remember reading that when we were researching Jane Fonda back what seems like years ago at this point but was in fact you know probably like two months ago month and a half yeah, like, no, and like Jane Fonda is one of the biggest celebrities in the world and she's hung out with the, the most influential and famous people. And she's like, there's nobody that has a force like Dolly Parton. And when fans see her, they pass out. She's like, I've seen people just pass out. People literally well, sprint across the street through traffic to meet Dolly Parton. She's, she's like, Miley Cyrus's godmother too. Like there's, yeah. you know. I didn't know that. It, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dolly Parton is Miley Cyrus's godmother. Ha- wow. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. I don't know why I'm so like blown away. I, I did not know oh, that. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're like, they go back. There's I, Dolly I mean, and Miley. Yeah. Dolly and Miley. I mean, they're both forces to be, they come in both like a wrecking ball. I, That's I love Miley Cyrus genuinely. Like I fuck with her. I, I fuck with her. I think she's fucking out there, but 
that's like what it takes she's to be doing an her own artist. thing though and she yeah. does it pretty unapologetic unapologetically so it's like she fucking do you girl i am for it yeah i i am kind of i am for her i she she's a little off and she does some shit that's a little weird but dude she's an artist and like she all hasn't artists, broken so. my heart so i'm like fine with it yeah she hasn't fucked me over literally so it's like whatever do yeah. to each your own truthfully that's you really cool. she kind of goes up on my book a little bit more having dolly parton as her as her godmother though that's like kind of some savage shit a friend of dolly is a friend of mine <laughs> yeah kind of like if dolly fucks with you i kind of respect like i respect you here's the uh, thing though dolly fucks with everyone that's fucking true though she like dolly fucks with everyone. anybody she Mm-mm. literally likes everyone i would um, love to see dolly parton's burn book she definitely journals some gnarly shit you think I bet. I bet her diary is just like fucking gruesome. But then it's like, how how are you, darling? No worries. I didn't just tear you apart in my journal. (laughs) So she's either the most genuine soul or she's a pure psychopath. Because I don't know how you can maintain such a fake or or like not a persona for that like that for that long. She has to be just, I mean, from I guess all of the interviews and everything that I've seen, everyone just is like her southern charm and just how she talks she's just so captivating also she cooks dinner when she's recording in the studio with people because she always has such a big band that she cooks them dinner and brings food in for them wait i love that i know she cooks them because she wants them to work really hard and feel comfortable in her space that she cooks for them what a sweet woman to just open every or like to share her space like that because you know we've we've hinted at her wealth or not hinted we we have stated her wealth <laughs> she's got some stacks baby homegirl's got bands like she can make <laughs> me dance dolly parton i will shake it for you i will um, shake it for you too girl literally she's got bands baby bands so let's go let's let's get back into dolly let's get back to shaking it for dolly parton but yeah, no. So in, in her career, she's just writing a bunch of songs for a ton of people. If these songs don't work for her, she gives them to other amazing artists that make her songs because she loves hearing her songs come to life. And I, I thought that was really mm-hmm. what's cool because these some of these songs that were really blew up and were huge that it's like, oh, Dolly, like, didn't you want to sing that and get the recognition for that? And she's like, no, because it was done so much better by this person's voice. And like, they took my song and brought it to life in a way that I wanted it to. And like, that's being... A singer songwriter she's definitely a singer songwriter that duo goes cohesively when it comes she's to a singer songwriter and that's like the fucking trip is she so much more like she's she so more. is also such so a more. force like genuinely such a woman just such a human that has like yeah. just fucking at five feet tall like charged <laughs> through life like you want to meet dolly parton in a dark alley because i don't I don't either, dude. She would fuck you up, and I don't know how. You wouldn't see it, literally. <laughs> you wouldn't see it coming. <laughs> no, no, like a thief in the night. Nine to five, she's on the clock. After hours, Dolly Parton's giving the smackdown. Batman, who? It's Legit. Dolly hour. Facts only, baby. But honestly, back to that nine to five. I really like this storyline when it comes to nine to five and her getting right. a role to this part. Hit me um, with it. I'll hit you with it. So Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, the fucking icons of the time. You know, Lily Tomlin, she's casted in this part. She is a big force of a stand-up comedian. She's also openly lesbian at the time and just came out as openly lesbian. So she's walking around on set like I'm she's a hot commodity at the time because she's an openly lesbian comedian. Jane Fonda is a sex icon. It's Jane Fonda. She's in everything big. And then it's freaking Dolly Parton. Like, right. And then they bring Dolly Parton never has been in a movie before. Okay. And she dead ass looks at 
Jane oh, this Fonda was her go- debut. Debut. And Jane Fonda no goes way. out of her way to seek her and goes, I want Dolly Parton as this role. I want her in the role of playing the secretary in this because it's a very sweet girl, but she takes no shit. And that is Dolly Parton. Um, and she is like, I want her in this role so bad. Dolly goes, nah, bitch. She said, no. She was like, does, she turns it down. She doesn't even want the role. And she goes, I'll do it under flex, one. Light flex, flex on Dolly's part. Oh, absolute flex. And she's like, I'm a musician. Like, I don't care to be an actress. This is where the flex comes in. She goes, fine, I guess I'll do it. Fine, I guess I'll take on one of the biggest roles ever. Fine, I'll take it. Twist okay. my arm. Twist my arm, literally. But as long as I can write the theme song to the movie. So that song that you know, I'm working nine to five. She wrote, so she was tapping on her fake nails in her trailer um, okay. on set. And she's tapping on, tapping on her fake nails and she starts writing down some words about what it's like to work really hard as a woman, all these things. And she starts going out. She leaves her trailer and starts asking other people on set to start jamming with her. And then everybody on set's jamming and she has just a couple words that she had jotted down and improvs the whole song nine to five and has the whole cast. Jane Fonda comes out and just looks at her and is just like, first of all, one, Jane Fonda's like, I knew to fucking write to cast her. But second off, this song is going to be a smacker, like literally. And okay, lo and behold, it obviously did. And also shout out to these three women because this movie hit the charts at number two, best literally brought in number two. And um, why am I blanking on the term in the box office? This movie was number two in the box office for over a year. And this was Damn. an all female cast. Um, and oh, shit. yeah, okay. and a female cast and like Jane Fonda, like pushed, pu- like put this cast together and our girl, Jane, she really is such a trailblazer. Trailblazers, like we've already talked about. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just like, run into other trailblazers. Like I feel they really like do. They I run can't together. wait till I run into Jane and Dolly and I'm like, yo, knuckles girls. And they're like, Legit. yeah, dap them up. Just what up? I'm like, what up, what's chicks? Up? What's up, blood? <laughs> <laughs> what up, blood? <laughs> oh, I shake them. <laughs> what up fam and they're just like we don't know you and i'm like we we know you we mom. know you and know our you. listeners know us yeah and we're down we to ride you. and they're down to ride so we'll see them somewhere down the road but yeah that is pretty crazy and you know what's crazy um a lot of her other producers um at the time would say that she could put a song together in minutes dude in minutes songs that are legit bangers she would put together like some of her biggest hits in like five to ten minutes long because she just thinks that way. So if she works that mind. quickly, like imagine how much she can accomplish from nine to five. Like no wonder the Literally, woman's like. No wonder she has 800 mil. She's just like, like give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> she honestly just like, she just came, she just came through the music industry like a storm, but also she did a great job um, kind of like Snoop Dogg of mainstream kind of bringing that woman's voice mainstream country mm. to pop. You know, she did a great job of like really bringing that to the mainstream platform where more people could get in touch with their Southern roots and bring that type of lifestyle into, you know, normal other American homes that are just more city folk or more people in the suburbs um, and just kind of give them a dose of reality, what it's like to be a mountain kid in Tennessee, honestly. But also do it while literally sparkling head to toe in rhinestones (laughs) and with like a larger than life attitude. I feel like you could smell Dolly Parton coming from a mile away. Like, like like genuinely, and it would be something so unique, but very like, like vanilla undertones too. Yeah. Something like she has her own perfume. I want to bet. I bet you she does. I bet you she seems like somebody that will. We gotta figure. I want to smell out. like her. I want to smell like Dolly. I'm gonna start transitioning to into like Dolly. Dolly Parton. I'm gonna slowly transition. 
my words are my own. And Dolly definitely believed in that herself. Um, and she didn't let other people write music for her, which I, I always really respect as, a, as somebody like I love music and I love I know a good musician when they write their own music. Like I don't fuck with other people like that just don't write their own songs. Like I just I'm sorry. Like it's kind of cringe to me. Like you can have a good voice, but an artist writes their music for themselves and like also knows how to write music for other people. I think that that's a, a true trailblazer in my opinion. Maybe that's me just being snooty. Yeah, I, I think that might just be being you. I think that you can bring ass, like you can contribute to someone else's art and vice I so versa. Too. I think so too. But I'm just saying when you're an artist that you you like, but what all if of your you music don't is have, written for you? Cringe. Not necessarily, like, I don't know. I, I yeah, that's it's like you one. have like a poppy voice and like you have people that get paid to write your songs for you. I'm sorry. Are there people that solely do not write any of their own music? Like a lot of pop artists, you know, I'm not going to shoot their names out so people stop liking this, but there's a lot of people that you probably like and listen to. A lot of mainstream artists don't write their own music heavily. And they base their like careers it. like off of not writing their own music. And I, I'm sorry, like, I don't know. That's just like, what are you going to be? That's just like being like, oh, this is the best comedian of all time, but they have written one of their own material. Like, that's not the best. You're not that good. Like, you're just somebody that can regurgitate words. And I don't think that that's where mm. your skill set okay. comes from. Do you see what I'm saying now? I, you I hear you. Yeah. You can look hot and you can have a good voice. But the point of being an artist is making your music and like, Dolly does that and for a woman at the time truthfully they were all not writing their own music at all at this time when Dolly is putting her music out and singing it a lot of these artists are getting songs written by men for them and that's why I'm saying Dolly is such a trailblazer because she didn't take other people's music and she did it her way and that is why she's so successful because she did do it her own way and she has a look that's very that quote-unquote I'm not going to take you seriously but she's branded herself off of I don't give a fuck that you think that brands herself off of that and makes money off of it so therefore that's why I don't know that piece of being an artist like that I think is key and I think that uh, that authentic factor of her is what's really men respect her because she writes fire hits and that's why it's like you you can't say shit to her and men couldn't really touch her because it's like I wrote this song I produced it I sang it and it's incredible step up step back and they did because there's nothing, but if a girl's not singing songs that are hers, it's more easy to walk over her truthfully. And that's why drop Mike, Dolly Parton's a savage for that. I, th- I think what it really boils down to is just having control and Dolly always, regardless of who's reading, writing, singing it or whatever, is that whatever ball was in Dolly's court, she fully controlled. And that is why she has been able to rise to such success, why she is such a force to be reckoned with and why she is taken seriously even if, if you just glanced at her based on a predisposition or a stereotype, you might not take her seriously. But in reality, she is one of the hardest working, biggest hearted, genuine, philanthropic, I, I don't know how to say that word, person that is going to do the most for people because that's just what she was put on this earth to do. Like genuinely. Give back. Yeah. So let's jump a little bit back into Dollywood because we keep kind of referencing everything in terms of like it's Dolly's world we're living in it and she quite literally built her own world and we were talking about this a little bit earlier but like Dolly World's a really big deal and (laughs) it's located in Pigeon Forge Tennessee and she opened it in 1986 so this theme park it's 150 acres 
150 acres is Dollywood. Dollywood, sorry, not Dolly World. Dollywood. It has a amusement destination. It has a water park. It has a resort and spa. It has a dinner attraction. I've actually seen like YouTube videos. Do you know how they do like Disney or they go to different theme parks and like rate food? I've seen ones on Dolly. Dolly. Why am I messing this up? On Dollywood. And they're like, she's supposed to put out some quality snacks and like some pretty solid seasonal things. So if you happen to be a Tennessee listener or have been to Dollywood, let us know. Shoot us a DM. Like, are the snacks worth the drive? It brings in, um, it was saying for around Christmas time, because they do something crazy for Christmas. It brings in more revenue than the entire state, Dolly, Dollywood for the ground Christmas time. How crazy. And and something I know, right? And that's well, so speaking of revenue, yeah, this is like our really cool Dollywood fact. Hit us with it. Yeah. The fact that one of her biggest reasons for starting Dollywood was to be able to provide jobs for people in the area. And she like, I don't know, that's just like four that she when she first started opening it, she employed four thousand people um, and on payroll, making it the largest employer in the community. So she, that, that she, when she first started opening Dolly world, she implied employed 4,000 people, making it the largest employer in the community from 1986 to 2010. And she did that because that's obviously she wanted people to have fun and have a place where you could go. And like, obviously she's like Dolly Parton and she's like, where could you have the most fun, an amusement park. But then she's like, I can also provide 4,000 people a job. And she wants to keep expanding just to bring it back to a timeline as well. So we were saying, you know, when Dolly really starts to blow up and when she's in nine to five, that's in 1980. So it's only six years later that she's already opening up Dollywood. And then to still have it be such a building force or like, like no wonder she's made of millions. Like homegirl's yeah. been grinding literally she since grinding, the beginning. Though. She invested in herself so freaking early mm-hmm. and like just kept investing in herself and kept staying in control and like never oh. doubted herself, never slept I'm on I'm just her own like abilities. 20 years behind Dolly. I'll be there soon. Dude, I know it's like actually like re- like the confidence she has in herself. It's like that mind over matter thing where she's never once doubted herself that she's going to be so famous. And that's the thing that's really cool to me that I don't know. There's this weird thing that we kind of have this like stigma in America that it's like when you want to be famous and when you want to have clout that you're like looked down upon. But it's like, I, I don't know. There's something about her that's just like, there's, there's no doubt that she wants all of the fame and the attention, but well, in I like think- a really unselfish way. It's like hard to like say, I, I don't know how to, there's like that weird stigma about it. I think what the difference is, is that the people that want it now and that seek it now want it for the gratification of being recognized. And like, maybe that's as much as we see them as giving kind of like you did with Dolly Parton too, you know? So it's like, they're not really about it. It's more of like a take, take, take kind of thing. Whereas like Dolly from day one has been so like putting herself forward, like giving what she has. And then immediately once she like gets that return, giving 75% or whatever percent of it right back back to someone else to give back and to help. Like she made her wealth by investing in her community, by investing in herself. Like that's, that's why she's a trailblazer. Like homegirl is about it. And she's gotten a lot of awards, like right back to Dollywood really quick. She actually got something called like the Lisberg applause award. And, um, it's like the biggest theme park theme and amusement 
Park Industries oldest and most prestigious award first ever presented in 1980 and she was awarded it in 2010 and so like like not only is she getting awards in music in movies like in tv she's an egot she is an egot she that that means that means she has a pony grammy and emmy huh Dolly Parton for the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, tr- truthfully, but t- truthfully, as a musician, to have like an EGOT, which is like an Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony, um, she has an Emmy, a Grammy, ten Grammys, ten, ten Grammys, ten Grammys, ten Grammys um, an Oscar, and a Tony. So like, I-, I don't know. That's like, what more could this girl do? And it's like also like it's so funny that her acting career started off of just being like, ah, I'll do it. You know what I mean? It's like, ah. Uh, fine and she, gets, she gets nominated yeah she gets nominated for an oscar once again like the clout chasing there's there's two types of celebs there's two types mm. of girls there's there's two types of people and dolly is someone like you you don't underestimate because she is the type of person to like take that expectation and like shove it up your ass S- like, sucks. Which, is, which we all need to do a little bit more, honestly. Like, whatever expectations you have of yourself, and, like, we put ourselves in these weird bubbles. Like, honestly, like, we can't do this. I can't do I, – I hate hearing people say that all the time. Oh, I could never do something like that. It's like, what are you talking about? Do you think Dolly Parton, when she was sitting barefoot on her front doorstep, when she had no money and not Dirt even a pot poor, to when her in, dad literally probably couldn't even read papers that were printing about read. her. Her dad can't even read. He can't even read the, the p- things about her. Do you think that she thought of herself having in her own amusement park? But it's a mindset. She actually was sitting there probably just dreaming, being like, I can do this. I can do this. Let's tell ourselves we can do it, opposed to just being like, imagine if measly old me could do something like that. It's well, like lame. And not only like did she tell her dad and like other people that she could do it, but she made it able, like she made it possible for them to be able to do it, to be able to read. She started a really incredible program. Right. Like yeah, she really did the imagination library so she started the imagination library in 1995 shout out to born i was just gonna say that 25 years ago no math needed here yeah if there's Um, one thing we are it's narcissists (laughs) yeah right but she started it for her hometown which it was inspired by her dad's inability to read but she was determined to help um other children love books and love to educate themselves and have access to them regardless of their financial or their family's financial situation it was anyone for everyone Yep. Um, and they would send books from the, the year that you were born until the age of five free books to your house, to these children. So they could grow up having books in their house and the hometown that she's from. Are you kidding me? But also she's also opened like this crazy library. That's also just like an amazing, and there's just millions of dollars donated to a year to help other underprivileged areas read. And she loves to read. She like loves books too. She like is always fascinated with like reading a new book and picking up a new author. She and, is like, such a bad bitch. In our, in our new apartment, we actually, McKenna and I love reading. That's my roommate. Um, it's my best friend. And we are putting a bookshelf in because we're like, oh, yeah. Me yeah too. we are readers we are we want that known <laughs> yeah dude it's a power like to be able to read and have like the ability to go get books like I can just go on my Amazon right now and order myself a bunch of books and I can read and like yeah that's just like I don't although know, don't recently, necessarily go to Amazon to buy books we support small sh- shop local for books support your local yeah, no, bookstores no I get that <laughs> um Jeff Bezos you don't need to get your books from him you're an but- asswipe 
yeah, you don't need to get your books from Jeff Bezos, but I'm just speaking in the sense yeah. that I didn't have the privilege to no, just, just talk easily. Um, 100%. At the click just, of a finger, you can have a book delivered to you. You can read how to get read the it. book and you can immediately appreciate it. Like yeah, that, and, and that's a privilege. And that's what Dolly wanted to share with everyone is that books are keys. Like those, those are the keys to the future and to inspire yeah. young minds from zero to five it's huge. Dolly is huge. All five feet of her, all five feet, 40 triple D blonde hair wig self. Like Mm -hmm. she, she doesn't, she doesn't need anyone if that makes sense, but like the world needs Dolly and, and she then in that sense equally needs the world because that's her purpose. Is that corny? Like, is that corny to say? No, but like, that's really cute. And like, also this is really cute. So she's married to this guy, Carl Dean. Right. And they met at a Nashville laundromat. No the, way. <laughs> the laundromat is called wishy washy. See, Okay. So this is Stop. why, this is why I get dressed up these days for grocery shopping. <laughs> Cause I might meet my true love at the laundromat. It's definitely not on Tinder. Let me tell you bumble. Yeah. Bleh. True that. Take me, take me you to want the to know laundromat. something. <laughs> take me to the laundromat. That's actually kind of a cute date, honestly, but you know, what's oh, really funny. Go do laundry. I know that is actually cute. There's this thing where um, her husband was asked, he was like, oh, how did you fall in love with Dolly Parton? And he was like, I was like looking at her from afar and he would see her around town all the time, but he was too scared to say something to her, to her. And how could you not be like, I I, I think you're scary to talk to, but like Dolly Parton, (laughs) Dolly Parton, dude, she's, she's also just like such her, she's just always so larger than life. And, um, she he drove past her when one day when she was at a gas station and he said he slowed down and stared at her and he had a grin on his face the whole time and like he knew he needed to like talk to her which kind of maybe looking at that from an outside position is kind of sounds really creepy if you were watching a guy in a truck screwing no, don't ruin it don't ruin it. I would I would love <laughs> I don't want to ruin like, it no 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 please I don't please, want to ruin slow it slow your car down appreciate me from before I know I remember when I was on the phone with you and that guy cat called me and I was like like flattered and I was like okay there's a time and a place I'm not gonna lie sometimes the ego needs it like it's it's not once again like bad bad feminist but yeah sometimes sometimes I need a nice cat call just to know my work and other times I will fuck you up (laughs) fuck you if there is a bottle in my hand expect to be smashed (laughs) but sometimes like all right I'll fuck with it that is a woman in in a nutshell right there like sometimes whenever i'm like trying to be a tornado and fuck you up for catcalling me then i will but other times yeah Come like over. that is so <laughs> that is such a like that is just woman in a nutshell i want you to text me i want you to call me all the time but when i don't want to call and text don't fucking call me like we're just such creatures but how cute is that like dolly parton and her husband and her husband is like a no name guy he that sounded really shitty. I like not a no. He he is probably not a no name. He he just he wasn't in the public eye. He's not a he public wasn't figure. A public figure, and she loved that. And like she kept him. They they he they're still married. They have a great marriage. They met. They've been married since 1966. And she could have any guy that she wants in the world. And she's just like, I want Carl Dean from the wishy washy laundry mat. And I'm like, fucking cute as hell. Like I want he Carl travel Dean. With her. He, I know I do too. He doesn't travel with her though. He doesn't go to any of her like tr- travel and go on tour with her. I think he's just like back at the wishy-washy just like chilling. <laughs> he's like, you have fun out there in that big, big world, babe. I'm going to be back here washing my clothes and making fried green tomatoes. Wait, but know. also like how cute is it that Dolly Parton does her own laundry? I do my own laundry. I mean, I don't know about now, but that was in 1960. That was like really a long time ago. 
I don't know. I she so. might. She cooks for. She cooks for people that are recording with her. So I, I feel like know. she does. I do too. I. She's capable of anything. Like, let's just be real. Um, the girl's a f- true icon. What are your thoughts on? You know, you said last episode you were like down to smash Robin Williams. <laughs> oh fuck! I did say that. I did. You like, were down what? to smash Snoop Dogg. So like, don't even like, like, don't even come at me with that. Okay, but like. At least mine was on a pimp. <laughs> Whoa. He's just suicidal. <laughs> Two types of girls. <laughs> oh my God. We're for sure getting kicked off Apple. Apple Music, please keep us. <laughs> Snoop's gonna hate us. Whatever. Yeah, Snoop dude. will love it. Snoop's about it. Dude, I know. I need him back in my life. Wait, what but yeah, no, name? back on the topic. Um, so would you smash Dolly Parton is what you're trying to ask. Wait, are you asking me if I would smash Dolly Parton? Cause there is no way like I would smash Dolly Parton. Dolly smash Parton though. She would 100% be the one smashing me. Yeah. Like, she's, she's the you- one that you get <laughs> fucked by Dolly Parton. Like you don't fuck her. That's no. the thing. Like she's just like truly so iconic. She's in, in control. She's in control. Like <laughs> hands off Dolly Parton's doing it. Facts. She probably, well, like I'm nobody says go. that. Like nobody's like, n- like you wouldn't just be like, oh, I had, I had sex with Dolly Parton. It's like, Dolly Parton fucked me. Dolly Parton <laughs> had sex with me, and Dolly it was Parton's. an honor. And it was an honor. But an the honor only person is Mr. Wishy Washy. Is the only one that gets. Shout out to my man Carl Dean. This one's for you, Mr. Dean. Dean. Does Dean. that mean her name is Dolly Dean? No, she's Dolly Parton, baby. She ain't changing her name for no man. I really respect girls that do. Would that. you change your? Are you gonna change your last name? I don't know. It depends on if I can actually make it in comedy, because uh, then people will know me by my name. So, which I like to go by. Grace Interesting. I thought. I so thought. I wouldn't probably change. So for that. me, I I was more like, am I gonna make it and find someone to if? get married? Why did we just say if? When I do what I want to do with my life, and I'm going to rephrase that. So when I do make it in comedy, no, I'm not going to change my name, Gracie Mack. It shall be Gracie Mack. And maybe I'll hyphenate it for somebody. I would do that, but I'm still going to probably want to carry myself as Gracie Mack. I like that. So yeah, thanks Dolly, because I needed to remind myself that. You are you are Gracie Mac. I am Gracie Mac, bitch. That's her name. Exactly. That <laughs> That's her name. name. I'm her friend. <laughs> I'm friends That's with her. Her name is Gracie Mac. <laughs> yeah. That's actually how I feel like you would be talking in that dress. That dress is very Dolly Parton inspired. And I'm actually not going to lie. Like I've been staring at your boobs a lot. Like the whole Thanks. time in this podcast. I've actually just been staring down literally at your boobs. Yeah. They look phenomenal. Thank you. What can My I say? My mic's covering mine. So I'm sorry for that. They're back. Yeah, they are. There they are. They're not. Uh, What do my boobs and Dolly Parton have in common? They draw you in. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) some TLC, baby. But that actually is what's so enchanting about big boobs. Like, there just is something crazy enchanting about them. But there's also something enchanting about my C cups. Okay. Are they They C? You got yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. There was this point in time where. in track when we were running in college, me and my friend, we would have our bras that were C cups and then we'd throw them away when the, the season started because we'd go from a C to a, an A cup because when we, we'd be running so much mileage that all of the fat 
and our boobs would just genuinely disappear and I couldn't wear a bra. So yeah, shout out to that lifestyle. Yeah, my mine don't really change size. They're pretty much stuck in the same place. So I would love to see what your boobs would be feeling like running a 400 around a track. I would duct tape them. You would have to. I actually had a girl on my track team that had boobs the same size as yours. And she was a high jumper and like literally would get her tits like thrown into her face. Shout out to my friend. If she listens to this, she'll know exactly like who I'm talking about, but she would wear a regular bra, like a wired bra, a sports bra, and then she'd wear a camisole. These are like the things girls have to to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be able to work out. So like, just to work out. I don't want to hear shit from anyone when I literally like my back hurting on. When I showed you the bra that I was wearing, it literally was the size of my whole face. It for literally, one cup. her bra is the size for of her cup. face. Like, yes, that is going to hurt my back. I'm not going to yeah. feel good all the time. But also, my they're just fault, like, empowering. I guess I'm like, I'm going to be honest, like kind of having my like boobs out for this podcast. I kind of like feel really feminine and like beautiful in a way. Like, I just feel like our boobs have been so stigmatized and so like weirdly sexualized that it's like, I don't know, like that sucks because I feel like very like beautiful and like confident, but at the same I, point in time, I feel pretty. Is that weird to say? Like, I never, mm-hmm. I never feel pretty. And like, a, yeah, like just, that's a simple, really fucked like up. she looks, no, no, no. I've, I've felt sexy before. Like, I've been told I look beautiful right now. I feel like I look pretty. My boobs huh. either in everything. Just, I look, I look pretty right now. I you genuinely, really pretty. you, you really know, like, do look really pretty. <laughs> But that's, that's the that's the self-love and the positive affirmations in the morning coming through but I do get self-conscious about dressing like this and drawing attention and feeling feminine because mm-hmm. that femininity can be it can be weaponized against you pretty Straight easily up. and as someone who has unfortunately been in situations where my body has been weaponized and I think that yep. a lot of uh, not even just women. I think that a lot of people can connect to being in situations where they didn't necessarily have full control or whatever. It's getting no, no, you're you're completely right, and I think a yeah. lot of people can attest to what you're saying because I know for a fact I spent a lot of my life as a woman idolizing men and how men carried themselves because I thought that women carried themselves and they were emotional and they were weak and I was like I like how men carry themselves and I like how bluntly honest men are and I like when they sit down they don't cross their legs and fold their arms and they take up space and I feel like us as women were told not to take up space and I haven't liked that so I carry myself I'm very blunt. I'm very honest. I always try to make men laugh. So I feel like I can, you can respect me. I, I talk very directly because I'm an attractive girl and I know men don't take me as seriously. Like when I say yeah. I do comedy to a guy, they go, tell me a joke. They instantly don't take me fucking seriously. Yeah. And it is a day-to-day j- job as a woman to not be taken as seriously. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just as fact of the matter. To touch back also on like talking like a guy and being like a guy and like respecting guys versus respecting girls um, in terms of how they can carry themselves in mannerisms. And like, we're talking like stereotypical cisgender yeah. like terms of way, guys way. are masculine that's, that's, and macho yeah. and girls are soft yeah. and harmless. And yeah. Um, I hate that stereotype. I hate that. Like, no, it's, it's bullshit, but it's also, it's a protection thing. And so like for dressing, I don't typically dress like this. I dress in, I'll wear baggier pants or I'll, I'll wear things where I'm, my body is restricted. Basically I'm covered up or I'm, I'm fully choosing 
based on what I'm wearing, what aspects of myself I'm going to be showing. And then am I going to be comfortable showing those aspects for wherever, whatever I'm getting into. And unfortunately that is what goes through my head as I get dressed. And that's not even from, I think just like a look at me, it's more of like a, how am I going to get through the day and not necessarily have outside voices impact? Because as much as we would like to say that how you look and how you present yourself doesn't affect what people, how people are going to treat you. Like it should matter on who you are. That's bullshit. Like, I mean, you even said you were judging Dolly Parton for her looking as literally what is quite classified as like that bimbo aesthetic, that over the top, and, and it's over the top in terms of what we consider, like what our aesthetic is. And that's the other thing too, is yeah. this is all preferential because yeah, that's, that's this episode is like, we're not ragging on anyone for any of that sort of stuff. Like this episode is literally just talking about like Dolly Parton has so has just carried herself and controlled her whole look and been unapologetically herself. And that's always the underlying theme with our trailblazers. We're not trying to classify how you should or shouldn't dress as a woman. Those aren't the conversations or how you should or shouldn't dress as anyone. Like the conversation we're having, just to clarify if it's gotten kind of convoluted is what did Dolly bring to the table? And she brought herself to the table and 100% herself. And she wanted to show you a side. Yeah. She wanted to show you a side that it's just like, I am, this is me. I'm covered in crystals and my tits are the size of my body. And so is my wig. And so are my nails. And like, truthfully, dude, that's fire. And like, I, I think that we should all do better. We should all do better before we're going to put somebody in a little box. (laughs) Literally dropped. I really liked that. Okay. We're in action. Yeah, we should do a lot better job before we put somebody into a box, a stereotypical box that we want to just define them in and put them in. We should really just do a little bit more thinking and that's on me. And I think that that's on like a lot of us to do a better job at that. Like before you like look at a guy that's really attractive and think that, oh, what what could he really have to say? You know, this yeah. girl that has really big tits, like, uh, could I really take her seriously? Or the guy, you know, it, it can literally, yeah. it, it can go in any direction. And it's like, why are we comparing all of this stuff? <laughs> why are we, why do we define how people look off of like, we have that as like, a, a like that's where your self-worth comes from is your appearance. And we, we suck at that here in America. Um, and I just, I don't know. I want to be better about it. I, I think we should all try to take our time to just like stop putting people in a box and like, it's just stupid. Like, what are we doing with our time? Yeah. But at the same point in time, we all have something to learn from one another. And I've learned a lot from Dolly Parton and doing my research on Dolly Parton. And I'm like super grateful for it because I want to like harness being more comfortable because I do a lot of things where I am asking for people to listen to me and put myself on Mm -hmm. a platform and being comfortable with that platform and being like, you know what? I deserve people to listen to me. And I want to be a force that people can be comfortable watching and like, I want, I want big things out of my life. And you want, thanks for Dolly Parton. I want to be comfortable in my own skin. Like I want to dress however I want. And I don't want to have a second thought go through my head of how is someone else going to react to my outfit? That's going to impact me. Like that's bullshit that I even thought about that. That was so 10 minutes ago in this podcast. Yeah. That was so 10 minutes ago. I'm going out in the laundry. Yeah, no, like, but yeah, actually, you know what? I actually really want to go out in this. So if you're listening, like I want to. If you're listening to this right now, sit up, do a little stretch, throw your shoulders back, look in the mirror, acknowledge that you're fucking, you got it. You're yourself and be unapologetically you. Cause that's what we're going to practice this week. It's Valentine's day weekend. We We are are loving ourselves. We're hanging out with people that love us. 
we are doing whatever we want to do for the betterment of ourselves. So in order to love ourselves, let's go into our therapy fact of the week. What do you got for me? Most definitely. Okay. My therapy note of the week is kind of heavy, like not in like a crazy way, but, um, so my therapist told me, because this is actually really cool that we're bringing it back with Dolly Parton here. Um, she's like, you have so much potential that you like kind of sleep on on yourself. Like you have these Mm. big hopes of yourselves being big in standup and being big in the comedy industry, this, 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 and this that you're doing. And she's like, I see all of that being able to happen for you, but you're your own worst enemy and you're in your way the most. She goes, I picture you as a bird that can, that has every bit of abilities to achieve what you want to, but you're stuck in a cage with the door open. Yeah, dude. That's she damn. Dropped. Yeah, dude. She said that to me, and like there was dude. This, like a, an actual paint. It literally felt like a black and like it fades to black and white, and then a tear just stripping down my eye when I heard that, and I was just like, "Wow, like that's facts." And she's like, "You have this heaviness about you, Grace. Like you have this demanding presence about you, but the heaviness is also an undertone where you're the only person that doubts yourself." And I was like, "Wow, dude. Like I am." in my way more than anybody else. If there's anybody that's going to tear me down for me, I'm going to tear myself down. And I'm the hardest critic of myself. And I don't actually care what other people say about me. Fuck yourself. But when it comes to something, I am literally the hardest critic on myself. And I have such high standards for myself that I feel like I let myself down a lot, but I'm not, I'm not letting myself down. And that's the thing to like, I want to practice more being, having more gratitude Um, in my day-to-day for the things that I have and stop feeling so complacent and feeling like I need more when it's like, I have all of the abilities right here. And I, I can get the fuck out of that cage that I feel so confined in. And I don't know that, that makes me, that makes me sad that I feel like I'm sleeping on myself like that. Um, and, and being the most in my way, but I think we do that all a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. So I'm letting myself fly out of this cage. I need to fly and set myself free. Um, easier said than done. So like, if anyone has any tips or some help for me to honestly do some things like that, like actually much needed and times like this, because this is like not an easy process for me, if I'm going to be vulnerable and honest, like, I don't know, it's, I, I have that, uh, and self-doubt at all times, sometimes for myself. So self-doubt is hard for you to speak. Self-doubt about. is hard for me because I feel like I had to validate myself my whole life. So mm. like when, when you're, my life is built on me validating myself, it, it, it's hard for me to know when I'm doing everything right, because I have to validate myself. So then I also have a hard time when somebody tells me I do something good, I don't care. Or like, then I, I don't know how to recognize achievement for myself. Um, that's always been a problem too. So it's a whole, See, it's a whole this list is, of things. This is like fascinating to me because <laughs> every time you start a sentence, I'm like full blown ready to agree with you. I am full of self-doubt about myself, but your stems from like your own lack of trust in yourself. Yeah. For me, I trust myself completely. I fucking know what I've got going for me and I'm, and I love that. That's incredible. But, but honestly incredible. But that goes away the second that I start to think about what do other people think about me? Mm. So my self-doubt is because of every, all the voices that I'm hearing that are saying you're not good when I am, when I know that what I'm, who I am and what I am is like, fuck them, dude. Right. But I need, I need help with you just being like, fuck my own, my own brain. That's like, you're a piece of shit. You can't achieve things. That's my, I wouldn't be working with you and putting my hopes and dreams in a bowl with your hopes and dreams. If I didn't see something in you. 
yeah wow so lay thank you it's kind of i mean like you want to know why it took me so long i wasn't willing to do it by myself and i wasn't willing to do it with someone that i couldn't fully trust so yeah that i I like here that's really nice of you to say like i i truthfully see a lot in you i think you're super smart and i think that you have a really good gauge on people and i think that that's so important and i love this is a big saying of mine treat other people how you would like to be treated you do that easily that you've been doing that since I've, I've met you. I watch people from afar. And like, if you don't treat other people, how, you know, you would like to be treated. I can't fuck with you. And like, I can tell that from afar and from a distance from somebody, how many times yeah. do you see something that you're like, I would not do. Cause I don't want that in return. And so many people are out here behaving that way. And they're like, why is the world out to get me? It's like, cause you're you know out here call that? treating people. Right. Like in my head, I have that labeled as gross behavior. Like to me, one of the <laughs> worst words you can be called is gross. And so like, if you have gross behavior or a gross personality, or you're just gross, like it just, you don't want <laughs> to fuck with word. someone that's gross. Ew. Yeah. Uh, I promise I'm going to jump into my therapy note in just a second, but I wanted to touch on something that I love about our friendship and our relationship as well. Happy Valentine's day. Um, love is you, that you and I are able to have conversations that opened my mind to a different way of thought and for someone whose mind like the therapy that I'm in is behavioral therapy so I'm literally learning how to restructure my mind and how to change my thought patterns and how to learn behavior that deals with anxiety so you and there's a couple other people in my life that are really good about helping me sometimes flip the narrative that I'm spinning in my head right and something we were talking about earlier you know Valentine's Day February love you're seeing all these posts about flowers and all that kind of stuff is we were talking about guys and I was like, why don't I see red flags? And you were like, because you see the good in everyone. You don't immediately see a red flag. Like people earn red flags with you. And that's both like a beauty and curse. And, and that was just something like, I do expect people to be good, but that also unfortunately does lead to really, yeah, really fucking bummer experiences. Like I have dealt with some shitty people across the board, friendships, classmates, relationships, like anything and everything. And so it is kind of that curse of looking at beauty through everything. It's, it's a nice world sometimes, but I like to think it's like my dolly mentality. It's maybe we'll have a secret show or maybe I'll drop in next week's episode, how I've been robbed multiple times by being a good person. You kind of, dude, you, you do. Cause you just don't see red flags with people sometimes. No, I, like maybe truthfully, next week I will talk see... red flags. This might be our teaser for next yeah, week's Yeah, a little bit of a teaser, right here. but um, red I guess flags. We'll, we'll go into the fact that we really came to the conclusion that I'm kind of everyone's a red flag until you prove me otherwise. Like that's how I live. You're a red flag until you prove me that you're not. And I think that we came to the conclusion that we need to find the balance between both of our, both of our thoughts, which is like our podcast. We're just always like kind of disagreeing with each other, but trying to find a balance between it, which is beautiful. And and that's, what's so special about it is that it's never an argument or anything like that like all of our disagreements are so freaking cool to me because I I always learn something but my therapy fact I'm gonna get into it Um, like I said (laughs) finally she'll shut up finally I've been sweating all episode until your therapy fact lay it on me it's simple it's simple so my therapy fact for this week finally is about thoughts and working on flipping the narrative kind of like I was saying so 
I have a hard time sometimes with words and with reading too much meaning into things that don't necessarily matter, whether that's the number on a scale. Really, that's the only one coming to mind right now that truly like has had an impact on my mental health for a long time, kind of, and you know, in the mindset. And, And so essentially my therapy fact today with Trish was it's the value that I'm putting on that number. And that's, and that's what doesn't matter. So with our thoughts, like it's, it's nothing like we associate value to things. So when you change the association or when you start to prioritize other thoughts and other behaviors, that's, what's going to get you out of these holes. That's, what's going to get you out of those funks. So that's what my, um, my therapy facts, you know, for this week is we are not our thoughts and they are not us. You're in control at all times even when it feels like you're not. So shout out to our girl, Dolly. Put your tits out, hoist them up, hoist love them up, yourself. Baby. Yeah, you know, and, and don't quit working. The nine to five, it doesn't always make sense, but do it your way. Grind. Yeah, Work your ass off, grind on, ride on. We're about ride it. On. Honestly, love y'all. Stay riding with us. We really appreciate you and we love the support that we've been getting. It really does mean a lot. And you guys, if you have any questions or comments, please interact with us. Like we love the feedback and we like love hearing from everybody. Please share our podcast. Please yeah, like it. Please just like honestly keep supporting us because we we love y'all and we do this for y'all. So I think we also, I mean, I'm going to be selfish part. too though. Uh, we do it for ourselves as well. We love Hell being yeah, here. We, we love doing this. We love it. Fuck around and mess with us on Instagram. Our personals uh, at FBG Soleil, at Gracie Mac, right? At Gracie Domicera, actually, it's taken. <laughs> Gracie Mac is taken. Okay. Gracie um, is We're also on platform. Twitter. We are on TikTok, where you have some stuff kind of on, on several platforms. So look around for us. We love our listeners. We love our riders. Um, in case anyone was wondering, I do have a house. I'm moving this week. So we're safe. We're secure. We're happy. And I'm excited. Big pool energy all the way. Big pool energy. Okay. Love y'all. Keep riding. Peace.